0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there. Welcome to Nick
1: Pollock and Friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Today's guest is the man I enjoy sitting by the fire with, the head of Rotograph's loving father to Charlotte, the MLB The Show Twitch star, and one of my best friends in the industry,
2: the one and only Paul Spore. Nick, thank you so much for having me on, man. I'm really excited about this new show, and the fact that you had me on uh, is an honor, so thank well- you.
1: I mean, of course, like you would be the perfect person to introduce this podcast with. And for those that have never listened to this before, it's a little bit different. Obviously, I'm involved with Pitcher lists, Fantasy Baseball, all that kind of stuff. But during my time, I've met all these amazing people during it. And I feel it's important to talk about the people behind it, you know, getting a good look at who you are, how you tick, what you enjoy and your process becoming the person you are today. So that's what we're going to be doing in these and we're going to start with you Spore, and let's go to the very beginning where are you from and what was i don't know what give us a scene of you in
2: childhood boy okay well been a huge dork my whole life that'll surprise nobody (laughs) grew up in allen park michigan which is actually on the map now because that's where the lions train um but it's just outside of detroit um so we we're a quick drive from Tiger Stadium, downtown Detroit area, a little bit further out to go to like Pontiac for the Lions. Um, the Joe Louis Arena was downtown. So, you know, we, we, we had games and everything. Sports have never not been a part of my life. I literally cannot remember a time where I wasn't in a sports obsessed zone that I wanted to participate into. I, I didn't sure. have to be brought on. Whatever indoctrination happened from like ages zero to seven when I'm not as conscious and I don't have as many memories until I start to have my first memory at age seven, eight um, worked and I'm happy about it. Like I I love it. My parents are both my parents are sports obsessed. Uh, my sister loves sports. My brother, who's 10 years younger than me, was a little late to it. Like he didn't quite gravitate as much as, as we all did into like the, the insanity of it, but he played football growing up and then he's become a pretty diehard Spurs and Colts fan because oh, really? he was Colts in uh, a little league and they had Peyton. And so he just latched onto Peyton as a player and he stuck with the Colts. Now that they want once Peyton left and then Spurs, he lives in San Antonio. So I've all, I've got all my Detroit teams. I'm actually the only one in the family, despite my parents both growing up and living in Detroit, um, to have all Detroit teams as my favorites. Hmm. They got out. They're smart. I mean, obviously I'm an idiot. You know, and my sister was smart. My sister's a huge bandwagon. I love to clown her about him. Like, who's your favorite this year, Melissa? Oh, you're a Lakers fan this year. Cool, cool, hmm. cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and she'll come back to the the Detroit teams anytime they're good. She's sporting our gear, but uh, I like to bust her chops on that. But no, man, I've been sports obsessed from day one. Like I said, we grew up suburbs, pretty, uh, you know, idealized, if you will. Sure. Um, but go into town most for Tigers games. And so that's baseball became a passion. Uh, my dad was able to get tickets more easily to the Tigers. I mean, not just because they were mediocre to bad throughout most of my childhood. I think uh, it had more to do with where he worked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if we had lived and worked closer to Auburn Hills or Pontiac, maybe it would have been Pistons or Lions. My grandma also do. Um, he was in manufacturing stuff. Like he worked mm-hmm. at different factories and worked his he way up from shirts. like, yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> the surrounding areas and worked his way up right, from, yeah. you know, Sorry. a dude in there to management and, and eventually was, was pretty doing quite well in a place called Farmington Hills and uh, everything was working out really well. Well, mm-hmm. then we decided let's move to Texas. Um, uh, my mom's side of the family proposed starting a business with my parents and moving us all the way down to deep South Texas. So I always oh, make wow. the joke that I moved <laughs> from Canada to Mexico. And that's just to give you the disparity of, of where we moved. You know, um, Detroit, not terribly far from Toronto. I, it wasn't like having French influence or Canadian influence or anything. But like, you know, well, yeah, literally still, a quick exactly. drive from Canada to being 30 minutes from Mexico. Um, but moving into Harlingen, Texas, not Arlington, Harlingen, deep, deep South Texas. How many times have you said that? A million, a million, because it's always Ar- Arlington, Arlington. No, no, no. no. Harlingen. No. And when somebody actually knows it, um, I, I light up, you know, for oh, whatever course. reason. It's by a place called South Padre Island, which is a popular spring break spot. So people usually know it through that. Oh, I drove through that when we, uh, that's where we <laughs> landed to go to South Padre Island. It's like, yeah, I know, I know. We got an airport. Um, so, yeah, we moved down to Texas uh, My after my freshman year of high school. And so, you know, I had to go to two different high schools. It was fine, though. Actually, the move to Texas was great. And nice. I really took to everything going on in Texas and, um, you know, finished high school, went to the University of Texas, went five years there, had to, had to, had to grind out some time there to, to try to pay for it and, and get through it, um, and then stayed here in Austin. And that's where I am currently, and I haven't really considered moving but one time. And I was, uh, I was dealing and playing poker for a living after, after college. Which sounds fun until you're like deciding if you wanna bet your electric bill and you're 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 playing scared at that point. If 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 your bills are that tenuous, you're playing scared. The dealing was the the set money, but then the playing, you could lose it all in one night. So you gotta be careful with that. Um and I was like, I gotta get a real job because this grind is is too much. And I had friends up in Dallas that said, We're gonna you can run my I've I have three jumba juices and you can run one. Not the most luxurious job, but it was a job and it was gonna pay pretty well to like just 'Cause and we were such good friends. He was just gonna be like, I don't care that you've never run and it, and you're smart enough. You
1: were running it. Yeah, you weren't being yeah, yeah. like the cashier or something, no, no, you were no. actually the
2: manager. He was like, You're gonna be the manager that of helped. my Jamba juice. This would have been uh would be two thousand five, two thousand six. So I'm twenty five. Yeah, I'd be twenty five. That's pretty great for a twenty five year old and so I so was like, like that, that that's that sounds awesome. Let's do that. Yeah. I'm like setting up. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna move to Dallas, even though I hate Dallas. But I love these <laughs> these two friends. These are two of my best friends still. That night at poker, literally that night, I swear to God, buddy of mine's like, um, "Bro, you should come work with me." Uh, I was like, "What do you mean? I you know I got this job." He's like, nah, dude, you, but you could do this job at Dell, and you could be a you could be a computer salesperson. I think you'd be really good." He's like, "Because as a dealer, I'm you know being gregarious and, and talking." Sure. And I'm like, "Okay." I wouldn't have to move out of, I wouldn't have to move out of Austin, which I didn't really want to do. Um, Maybe I'll give this a shot. Literally went later that week into an open meeting. Rest was history. I became uh, a Dell salesperson. I did that for several years. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't really want to be a Delionaire as they call them and like kind of grind that out. It's very respectable and there would have been more money to be made doing that but i'll I was be not honest fulfilled. i could
1: see you saying dude you're getting a dell
2: i i didn't i never said that i never said Are that you're sure the phone. though I, well you probably said it i ironically <laughs> or, or maybe um mocking i mean yeah it was definitely in that era though it was great i had a blast though on the sales floor mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun crazy hours just you know um not not like the the tamest iteration of the Wolf of Wall Street uh, sales oh, floor course, that you can envision, but that that sort of vibe, that sort of electric vibe, and I'm i again this not like in a store, right? This was like you no no this is a call center, but okay. you know one of those things where you're like ringing bells when you're making sales, and it's like sure, it's yeah, really yeah, a competitive yeah. environment, and like. I was pretty good at it so I could compete up near the top and, and, and be involved in all that stuff where you're, you know, uh, top salesperson gets a trip to Hawaii, stuff like that. And all these bonuses right. and whatnot. So it was a lot of fun. As I moved out of that zone and the, the phone sales became, it started to die. It really sure. did. Um, I had to kind of move more into the, the corporatized version of it. And mm-hmm. the, the, I just wasn't, a, I wasn't a great fit there, which probably won't surprise too many, but I wasn't a, I wasn't a great fit. And they were moving on my job around, too. We kept losing our job, but we'd get another job within the company. So we weren't getting fired. We were just like, you're you're, you're reorging, blah, blah, blah. Right. So the first time, I just took the new job. Second time, they t- offered severance. I took it, and I tried baseball, and it did not work. I was grinding like seven different freelance roles, just scraping by, um, just trying to make it work. So I had to get back into the corporate world one more time at a place called Tableau which is a really cool data visualization company. Oh, you yeah. can do a lot of cool stuff. I've seen people do great baseball stuff with it. I believe that's what Alex, Fast, uh, Alex um, uh, Chamberlain's Chamberlain. leaderboard is on, yeah. his tablet. Absolutely, yeah. And so uh, they were pretty, it was pretty clear to them that I was not really into it. Uh, we had two screens and my second screen always had something baseball on it. <laughs> and so um, I wasn't giving my best effort and they realized that and they said, listen, you're not last. Like you're not, you're not our worst salesperson, but you don't seem to be fully in seeing got to go. And I was like, you know what? I respect that because I wasn't last, but I was treading water and my guy who had hired me came from Dell. So he knew, he knew that he wasn't getting my best effort. And I actually, like, like I said, I really respected that. He was like, you probably don't deserve to be fired on its face. Like you're, you're in the middle of the pack, But you're clearly not trying that hard.
1: No, it doesn't surprise me to hear that you have some background in sales. Uh, I I do feel that for a lot of the stuff that you do, um, people think of like salesmen as all of a sudden like you know skeezy or like you know yeah cross sales or whatever. And it's not that you really learn the main thing of. Oh, you you understand that to sell something, to make an argument, you're selling yourself. Yes. And the the only thing that matters is just your knowledge base. And once you have a knowledge base, then you can just talk about it. And that is selling. Exactly. And exactly. That foundation like foundation applies
2: to everything. Very much so, of course, talking about fancy baseball. And I, I learned that at Dell. That there were all all different types, all different types of people who were successful. There was the meticulous person who knew the ins and outs of everything and could visualize this processor t- for somebody to make it sound good. Mm. There were people who just are overly happy and sound really nice and you want to buy from them. Um you know, and they're, they're just all these different types. And I kind of fit more in probably the ladder between the two. I was pretty amped on the phone, having a good time, cutting up with people and, uh, and yeah, enough knowledge to, to know what I'm getting through there too, too, right. because you don't want to get stumped on a question and they're okay. like, ah, I don't want to buy it anymore. Um, but yeah, I, en- I enjoyed sales. I really did. Uh, but I was still so focused on baseball when I was at Tableau. And like I said, they noticed and, and so that's fine. They, they said, you got to go. At that time, I was working a couple freelances freelancers that included Rotowire and, FanGraphs, again, another coincidence that sounds like I'm making it up, but it's not literally the same week. Both offer me full time, a dream, that. a dream to get yeah, offered full time in this industry from two sites that I love from people that I love that I agonized over this because I didn't want to disappoint either side. Sure. And I ended up going with fan graphs um, primarily because I couldn't lose in this decision. And they offered first by like a day. Hmm. And I was just kind of use that as a tiebreaker because I couldn't really make a definitive decision based on any merit, right? Right. right. Uh, Dave Appleman and company at Fangraphs treat me brilliantly. Jeff Erickson and company at RotoWire treat me brilliantly. I could not lose in this decision, so I went with Fangraphs. You um, know, it was such a mentor to me, and that w- that played a role as well. And uh, I have not regretted that, but it was a lot in between, right? That's a quick story there. In between that. Starting in about two thousand two or three, I started writing something called the uh, well. It it wasn't the SP guide yet, the starting pitcher guide, but I was on this message board called Roto Junkie, and this guy would always put out his top one hundred starting pitchers. And
1: are you trying to tell me that someone did
2: that before I did it, Spore? Can you believe it? Can you absolutely believe it? (laughs) And he put a little, you know, comment, a big, big message board post, and I'd go through and like respond to every single one. (laughs) Nice, like. He can't be here. That's too right. high because of this, that, you know, debate it. Right. I like, he, yeah. you know how I am. And
1: this was like 20 years ago.
2: This is quite sorry literally to say that. But quite yeah. li- no, no, I'm quite just literally. It's, it's right, on a message yeah. board here. And like, I'm doing the, the copy or the uh, the quote under everything I want to talk about. Right. And I was like, well, why don't I just do my own? Sure. I'm like, I'm Let me do my top 100 as well. So I started yeah. it on the message board, then moved it to my blog, started to get some real traction. I started publishing a PDF. And so we're talking your like
1: first piece, right? That So you had your own blog. Yeah, it was the um, SP guide. Is that right? Or was it something um, else? Well, that's where you can
2: get it now. No, it was paulspore.com. Sports just just, just a little. Love yeah, it. it's, it's still up. You guys can go troll it if you want. I, I've um, always been so jealous of your, um uh, I don't know,
1: your your initiative or your understanding of like, oh, yeah, I should get the Twitter handle Spore instead of me. I remember like I, I got like a Gmail invite at like you know before it was a public thing and i was so excited and i did my stupid aim scream name at oh, gmail.com instead of my done actual name oh. yeah i could have done it so but i, I just didn't have gmail. the foresight
2: i didn't yeah, think, I know. of course you did that's a- <laughs> pretty happy about <laughs> so that. And that i hadn't gotten it on twitch but um there was it was open and like when they when you were allowed to like change your names i was able to, to wrangle it from a nice. dead account so i got spore that way once i got partnered um as twitch partner my, my my partner associate helped me with that so i've got it everywhere i should change my psn to it which is your name on
1: oh yeah you're on playstation right
2: pjs ten twenty four, and it's like yeah. whatever but it's not the end of the world like i, mm-hmm. I don't psn is not really public facing and honestly yeah, that way people awesome. don't always know they're playing me and that's fine too so um but yeah so i was writing the sp guide every year try to expand it you know some years, one year, I think it was 115,000 words that I wrote all oh by myself. Oh my God, score. Um, it ideal. was like 380 pictures, this and that. So two huge breaks, two huge breaks, because you, you need luck to succeed in this business. One, for about three or four years, every year that I published it, Matthew Barry would retweet it and my really? phone would just oh explode. man, that's huge. Just explode. Do you know when how you found out about it in the first place? I don't. He came across it and he's like, I like this, man. I'm going to retweet. I was like, that's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, then I got the huge. biggest compliment ever from him one year, which at the time I didn't love, but I realized that it was a nice compliment. He's like, hey, man, you're seeing this competition now. I can't retweet it. And I was like, oh, okay, I, got, I, I respect it. I respect it. You've, you've, you have you've created this. So I, I appreciate right. You know, you, You've helped create this big time. Another huge moment was um, Bill Simmons found it. And mentioned it on his podcast one time. Amazing. And so these are like, you know, that I still have that clip. That's actually on paulsport.com. You can find ah, that clip somewhere so where he's wait, talking so about
1: So paulsport.com still exists.
2: Yeah. I had no idea. You, you yeah, it's still up there. mentioned this. The, the, the last article besides the SP guide, which is the top thing, the 2015 SP guide is mm-hmm. Astros Pickups Boost Value of Keiko and McHugh. I was pleased by the, <laughs> by the pickups of what they oh were going to do for Dallas. I really call Colin sign
1: somewhere and be a starter. Cause I, oh, I really do think 2019 has indication for more, but it's fine. Right. One day. Do you, okay. Is there a way to
2: see your SP guide from 2002 or whenever you started doing that? <laughs> no, because so there was, a, there was like, um, not the first one that's on, uh, the Roto ro- Junkie, the Roto junkie right, because right. they had a server transfer or whatever. And, uh, yeah. It was really ugly, by the way, the way it kind of went down, like the owners we were friends with them, like we had a tight group there. Mm-hmm. Jason Collette was a big part of it too, and he wanted, uh they the owners sold the original owners, but then Colette wanted to buy like the the mm-hmm. fundamental board there so we didn't lose anything. They changed everything they they deleted from like. 2008 ah, so back or whatever we lost, we lost a ton and it was right. real devastating because we had so much stuff on there oh, including those those old top 100 lists but I can find probably a pretty old one on here.
1: Well, I mean, it's look I've done this a couple of times. I've looked back at like picture gifts in 2014 to see what my top 100 looked like. It has double spaces after a period, so I stopped <laughs> reading. But uh, it's really it's it's entertaining to look at. What did I care about? What was I citing? You know. How bad is my writing? It's still bad, but it was worse then.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm I can totally relate. I, I'm sure I was just desperately obsessed with uh, strikeout to walk ratio. Oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I was totally obsessed. I, I just sent you the two thousand nine list.
1: Two thousand nine. Okay, just this is on.
2: Uh... I put it in our chat here. Oh, We're nice. getting a little feedback. I'm not sure. Yeah, why. I've I'm noticing that too. Phone. I can probably edit that out. I'm putting my phone over here just in case it was my phone. <laughs> but number one that year was actually Johan Santana on the Mets, which clearly he right, was. Right. That not. was, well, those,
1: oh my God, look at this. This is amazing. I'm seeing Randy Wolf at 89, petted at 9. This is just, this is taking me back. Isn't I'll let it nice? I put the ages there too. I think that's great. Trying to help uh, out, let people know. Manny Parr.
2: Oh no! I guess 41. that first year he was quite great. Never mind. Two fifty-three ERA led baseball in two hundred thirty-four yeah. innings. Yeah. Okay. So I was still pretty good to ma- rank fine. him number one there.
1: Um, Sabathia too, because of uh coming off of that two thousand eight yes uh, ridiculousness with the Brewers getting signed with the Yankees. Brandon Webb, man, ah, oh,
2: how great was he, man?
1: I, I know it hurts so much. I actually, wow. I think I remember drafting him as my first overall pick. My first round pick that year, and he got four innings, and that was his career. Right, brutal. It's, it was his freaking
2: career, dude. It was over in a snap. Yeah.
1: And it's kind of funny we look at it now. If we were in this position now, entering two thousand nine with all the data we have, there's no way we're ranking Brandon Webb third.
2: No, absolutely right? not. Right, like this absolutely. Is, I mean, I not. took him
1: first round. Then I was like, oh, I just love him. He's so great. And you saw Young winner. he's a sinker baller. I'm like, wait a second. Let me let me talk to my.
2: He uh, went how old that was then? He went so. Cy One. Side two, side two, side, uh, uh, and back to back second places. He won it in six and then back to back seven and eight. Uh, he was right. second place and then that four inning season and he was done in 2009. And that's when I ranked him. I ranked him three.
1: What's even crazier. I see it. Linson come here. And by the way, guys, you should be doing this. Paulsport.com go there and you can go back. It looks like all the way to this. This is, I love this stuff so much. Uh, Linson come at four. And you have one line that I really think just showcases how differently we think about guys now. You see, I think you'll have another 200 strikeout season with an ERA around 325 and a whip around 1.2, <laughs> 120 from the number four starter. Yep, and and, and we love that. How ridiculous is that line? You know, we like, love that. What? Yeah, right, that's just how it was. So, mm-hmm. I mean, definitely, definitely check that out. Um, and it's really cool to just kind of hear, look, everybody in the industry started from nothing. Yeah. Now, everyone needed those breaks Hearing Matthew Berry. I mean, saying, yeah, I can't tweet you anymore,
2: man. You're you're a thing now. And now you're a competition, that's such an amazing company. It was huge. I like I, I still fantastic. remember it. it. It blew me away. You know, and I did all sorts of different like I, there's all sorts of articles on that blog. I wrote it little outlets that don't exist anymore. Um, I was able to like get an article here and there in different magazines that were small and on the come up and some big ones. You know, things went in and out, but a lot of just working at it on the side it was always kind of something i was doing on the side right um you know people want to get into it the number one thing i always say is start a blog i don't care if there's zero readers because the first thing that's going to happen when picture list or fan graphs or whatever site you want has openings they're going to say what do you got let me see some samples absolutely and that can be from your blog that has two readers i don't care i want to just see what 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 you got and that you're publishing it out for somebody so that's my biggest recommendation i know people want an audience but if you're just getting reps there, that's that's huge.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, one one thing I've talked about when it comes to having your own website, you're going to want to do everything. You're going to be super ambitious that first day or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, what matters more is just consistency about it. Agreed. You know, making sure that you set a schedule. Don't make any promises. Yep. Don't say coming soon. Don't do any of that stuff. Don't announce stuff. Like Just, just do what just you want to do and just yep. say, okay, I'm going to try personally to do this. Can you only write on a so Saturday night each week? Great, that's awesome. You have do it just put on your Friday once day, a week. That turns into twice a week after that. Don't yep. don't be stupid and say every single day I'm going to do this because it's hard to write daily. It's it's, it's hard. It's, I don't know how I do it. I honestly don't. I, I'm switching to evening. The lucky now. thing
2: is that you have a topic already, though. Too, if you Very if you true. had to come up with a new topic every night, I think that would be even more difficult. That would be at least be you know what you're going to write about. I'm sure sometimes it is a grind. I can totally relate oh, yeah. guys. So there are times Nick does not want to write the roundup. I guarantee it. Um, because we all, we all go through it like, Oh my gosh, I have to do this. But then you get into it and you start enjoying it. Yep. But yeah, having a topic certainly helps. But, um, yeah, don't overcommit yourself. Just get some reps on right. virtual paper.
1: And, and there's, there's a three tier thing I talk about when it comes to add the actual website. Uh, I. Essentially, you have like your level of, you know, the the super professional ones where essentially how it's structured, you don't really care about the content. You want to read it because of the presentation. Yeah. Then you have the bottom tier, which is if it looks really, really bad, if you really don't put any effort into any sort of design, you have to to do so much more with the writing to stand out with it. Um, And then there's a middle tier of just like, okay, this is good enough. Like now I'm going to give the the content the proper chance. So really, I know a lot of people will just say, um, uh, like I've done this before, like, oh, as long as the writing is good, then like I don't care. No, we all recognize there is a subconscious you know, we look at the the thing on the page oh, and certainly. we're going to say like, oh, all, the, all this bad CSS formatting that clearly then the writing is going to assign that same, uh, you know, lack of polish, I guess. Mm-hmm. So put some note into it. it all that matters though is just the article. Don't think about all the sections of the site. Just just
2: the article. That's all that matters there. You know, and I like pulse is not super flashy, but I thought it was presentable enough. This that- This is great. Honestly, yeah. this is fine. Uh, There's no
1: s- silly, flashy things. This is fantastic.
2: I, w- I was always pretty happy with, with how like, it's still pumping out my tweets, by the way. I, know, I just noticed oh, that, that right in the bottom right corner. <laughs> I was like, wait, those are from this morning. That's really funny. Um, That's but yeah, so, you know, that 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 kind of brings us current there. I mean, again, I was glossing over a lot to, to get there. And I never necessarily thought I would get a full career in baseball. But just doing everything and kind of making yourself... In, into the community in both communities, fantasy baseball and the Twitch community, baseball Twitch community that I'm in. I just kind of was a part of them first. Mm-hmm. Like I like, if, if you go in thinking like, I got to be a content creator here and I'm trying to make money like that. that that's never the first thing to be thinking right. like, I got to make money doing this because you ain't getting rich here. Yeah. I'd be much richer if I'd say though. but would I be as happy? I don't think so. Cause there I get to write about baseball for a living. Right. So, um, yeah, but that's 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 the, the the quick story, and it was still pretty long.
1: No, that was I, I loved every moment of that. I had a couple things that I wanted to uh, touch upon uh, quickly there. Um, so when you said you were doing freelance writing, it wasn't really working um, as you're uh, a dealer um, a bit, or maybe doing some like the Dell stuff. Um, by the way, just just the the vision. I want to see a photo of you dealing at a poker table
2: so badly. Man, I wonder if there are any. I mean, these were, these were these were. I mean, I'm sure there is somewhere, but these were, I mean, these were illegal games. Oh,
1: okay. Because we were taking
2: a rake. I mean, I don't care if my picture's there; like, they're not going to arrest you. Were you like you're in a vest with a bow tie? No, 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 none of that, none of that. Like, we weren't. No, 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 no visor. Basically, just how I am now, wearing one of my baseball caps. If I was wearing a hat. Um, and then, you know, in my normal, I didn't have to wear anything. You would be the lay of the law though. Like I admit yeah. that you could hold a table down. Yes. And so cause you start to you get the drunk job. folks in, right. um, you know, I, I, I would just be, I'm just going to say I was, I was good at it. I, I was, I was right. good I at no dealing doubt. and, uh, you know, you have a good time out there you get some tips, people start getting friendly and sure. thinking that you had anything to do with them winning all of a sudden you're collecting 50 bucks on a pot where you're like okay all, all right. i did was deal the cards buddy i'm happy <laughs> you won and Not
1: to uh, mention yeah. you're like me you have the limbs to help think
2: that's a, that's huge you know? i can reach yeah. everything i got exactly. everything here and i'm like <laughs> you focus on playing i'll i'll put your chips where they need to be
1: Right, uh, but you mentioned that you were doing some freelance writing before the the full time gigs at uh, uh, offers at Redwire yeah. and and FanGraphs. What was the first real gig you got? You were doing the the Roto Junkie stuff. You were doing you know, the the Speed Guide.
2: But what was yeah. the first person that approached you and said, "Hey, I want to actually pay you for your writing"? Um, well, I got little payments here and there, but the first job was Baseball Prospectus, and I reached mm-hmm. out to them and I just said, "Do you guys need any fantasy folks?" And they're like, "Yeah," and again, they wanted to see samples. I had samples right. ready. And boom, I'm working at baseball perspectives, which was huge. Yeah. I mean, they they're not as they're not like as known for fantasy at this time, but it's still baseball prospectus that I get to say I work for, which was pretty freaking awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like
2: that was huge, and I was like, oh wow. And um and so that was a great opportunity to just to be involved with with BP um as my first like kind of regular paying gig. And again, I picked up small gigs here and there to try to uh, supplement the income as much as I could before finally taking it full time.
1: Right. And I mean, this is also... It, it, I don't know when the exact boom happened. Uh, just generally, of course, during the uh, the 2010s, I don't know what to call those, the teens. The tens, I, sure. Yeah, the 10s, sure. I At some point, the internet became a lot more of a fluid place where we realized all the things that we can do on it. Yeah. Um, and all the opportunities. I mean, you have like you have all your money-making ventures, Twitch obviously becoming fun. You have Patreon as well becoming a thing. You have you know, all these extra elements to realize, that, oh, wait, me interacting on the internet actually isn't just a waste of time. You're know, you exactly. be becoming a huge money maker for everybody too. And that, of course, you know applied to uh, the fantasy baseball world as well, podcasting. Obviously, being a huge thing, all of a sudden there's a million podcasts on Apple, on Apple Podcasts, including this one. That's and right. By the way, I should mention you should be following uh, this podcast on Twitter. Uh, it's going to be Nick Friends Pod. So come on, Love by, it. give us a follow. You'll see all the the podcasts we have. Definitely sh- follow the pictureless Pods uh, Twitter handle where you see all of the the podcasts inside of our network as well. I should have done that at the beginning, and I didn't. Hey, but you're you still found here. Place to there you go we got there Uh, what would you say um, looking at your entire career writing because it's been a while
2: yes I am old what are the articles
1: you've written and I mean while in a good way of like you are a vet in this and and honestly you're not a vet that is uh, like there there are different crowds in the industry you're part of the crowd that's going to be here for a long time in a a very good way you should be why wouldn't you Uh, The only reason you went is if like the Twitch thing continues to go in such a good way as it is that you just go like, all right, not doing that as much anymore. This is clearly much more successful. And that's very much understandable. Uh, But that aside, we'll talk about Twitch in a second because I want to hear a lot of things about that. What articles have stuck out to you as like, oh, man, that is one of my favorite articles I've ever written?
2: That's a great question, right there. I real I really like that one. There was one I think it's actually still. It, it wasn't even submitted anywhere. It's on Paul Spore, where I wrote about Roy Halliday. and it was kind of like my first attempt at um, writing about like a, a, a full profile. And this was like when he had gone all the way down to the minors and worked his way back, and and bringing up. Uh, what what's the guy's name? Mel Queen, I think that's the pitching coach that that he really loved. Um, but yeah, you know, I kind of wrote the whole story there, and it was like I said, something that I hadn't really been doing. Um, I was really focused on like transaction analysis lists, things like that. And and I had this whole feature on Roy Halliday and I was pretty I was pretty proud of that. Um, it felt good to try to do that. I really enjoyed um, deep diving and and. Really researching that article too, because I had to find some of the info about what he was struggling with as he was being sent down and kind of working sure. his way back. So there's definitely that. Um, I'm trying to think of others that 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 stand out, and I'm I'm failing to do so if I'm being honest.
1: <laughs> well, okay, so let uh, me try and phrase this a different way. Then, uh, was there a certain article where you highlighted a player saying like, "This guy is going to break out," and then all of a
2: sudden he did? in some way my best one the one that i've like gotten the most credit for would be would be the uh, 2014 sp guide okay and that was when doug thorburn was working with me and we were both huge on kluber nice huge yeah and really thought that the stuff that he'd done in 13 was just the beginning Right, And he was doing mechanics analysis strictly from the mechanics side. Hmm. And I was doing, you know, kind of uh, everything else part. I'd write the profile. He'd write the mechanics report card. And we both came to the conclusion separately. We wrote our stuff separately and we were both heavy on Kluber. Now we were not the only ones. In fact, Carson Sestui gets a lot of attention for his being um, foremost on, on Kluber as well. And, totally respect everything Carson did and he deserves that credit too. So I'm not here to take anything. This is a shared shared credit situation though, too, because I I think, you know, we came at it from a different angle too. We were more fantasy focused and everything anyway. But uh, yeah, that's one of the biggest ones that I think I get credit for that. I feel, I feel like, Mm -hmm. Hey, we really, we really did something there. We really put people on somebody that uh, could have won them their league because he was not super expensive yet. Even as, even as pockets of people were interested in Kluber in 2014.
1: Nice. Uh, all right. So, I think you mentioned Eno before. I think he is likely going to be the answer for this question. But I, uh, who t- has taught you the most in the industry?
2: Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's definitely Eno. You know, um, just learning from him both. Fantastically in terms of watching him and and not interacting with, you know, not asking him direct questions, but also with asking him questions and understanding his process, what he does, um, you know, what he aims for and how he's always trying to be innovative and ahead of the curve and and give people something that they can't get elsewhere. Uh, It's it's inspiring. It really is. So he's definitely one of the biggest for sure. Jason Colette's pretty huge too, even though Colette has not been like a full-time writer. I mean, he introduced me to the baseball forecaster. He was in Texas. Like we'd been friends on Roto Junkie. He was in Texas for work. And he's like, Hey, you want to link up, watch some, uh, it was during an NFL championship weekend. It's like, you want to watch championship games? I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm gonna go meet this friend off the internet. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, people were joking with me. I was like, Oh my friends going. And of course the nicest person in the world. And he's like, check it out. And he shows me the forecaster. And I, this is like, he gave me drugs, you know, <laughs> and it, we had a great trip and now I'm a drug addict. And it's like, Hey Jason, you shouldn't have done that, but I'm glad you did. Uh, it's a lot less dangerous than being a drug addict, but it, I'm, I'm not trying to be flip about drug addiction, by the way, I'm just saying it was that kind of like, Holy smokes. You know, when they talk, when, when drug addicts reflect back and they talk about the first time or whatever about how their life changed again, much different life change, much better, but it was that sort of like, holy crap. This is so great. I bought one instantly. Uh, and I, I think this was, I think this was 03 and I've gotten it every year since. And I learned so much just reading the front stuff in the baseball HQ. So you mentioned people and Eno and Jason are, are two top up there, but reading the forecaster and reading it, not just reading the player profiles, but reading the front pages taught me so much year over year. So even though I've never, um, uh, I n- I'd never worked for them for several years until I finally uh, had a dream come true of writing for the forecaster. I was taking so much from Baseball HQ in terms of learning about what fan f- a- analyzing fantasy was about and how to try to be upfront, uh, you know, a- on the cutting edge of things and not just reciting old stuff or doing what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I think something that might be helpful for a lot of people is is kind of hearing, you know, maybe it was, Eno, Jason, maybe it was someone else. Uh, the the early tips as you're getting into it and you have a certain understanding of what the industry is. I, I remember actually I used to work at Guitar Center for 11 months. Yep. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be a salesman. I'm supposed to act like this and realizing over time, no, you're supposed to be like this. Instead, uh, we have these uh, interpretations of it. And along the way, you have people guide you and and give you certain tips. I actually remember um, two things that I tell everybody now that you passed on to me were uh, about podcasts. Like, hey, make sure you say the name like every other sentence Yeah, and round the the numbers. It's not about being 12.3%. It's about being just over 12%.
2: Yes, just because when people are listening we're already flooding their brain with numbers. So I try to cut those decimals just to keep it easy, especially if we're saying like a slash line or something. That's why I try not to say a slash line. I'd rather just say the OPS. It's easier. It gives you an idea of where we're at. And and if I'm doing 12.8% and then you jumped it up to 142 It's it's just extra. It's extra. And for dummies like me, shave it down and of course the names is the biggest and you're one of the best in the biz and i pride myself on being like that too and i think that's super important Um, you you
1: told me all that stuff sport what are you talking about you're the one that gave me that advice i'm like that's fantastic so i'm 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 glad for you like who were
2: the people that kind of gave you those uh pieces of advice well the one story i I like to tell that i I will tell now i was writing for this place called sports guy mark allen haverty was always running different sites really keeping me involved i mean he helped cultivate my career a lot. I, I owe a lot of credit to to Mark. He's not in the business anymore, but he would you know get me in these magazines that he was publishing. Um, anytime he had a new venture, he wanted to see if I wanted to write for him. So he was very instrumental, uh, especially when I was younger. But we were going to have a call for the magazine. And I was one of the first ones on with Rick Wilton, who is a longtime injury guy in the industry. Um, I don't know how much he's writing now. I know he'd fallen on some poor health and and gotten better and everything. So I just hope he's, I hope he's doing well, but it was just him and I on the call. And he's, you know, really nice guy, uh, older man um, engaging with me. Like, Hey, you know, what do you, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, I'm a Jack of all trades, man. I do baseball. I do football. And he's like, Hey, that's great. Um, one thing to maybe consider though is to find something you really like and really zero in. Like I do injuries. I'm an injury guy. You can do baseball. You can do football. You can do it all. And if it's working, it's working. Um, like Jake Sealy's is a multi-sport guy and he does it brilliantly, right. but he's like, don't be afraid to maybe laser focus and find something that you're that guy. And it was right then that I was like, Oh, I need to just, I just need to focus on pitching more because I was already doing the SP guide stuff, but I'm like, I want to be like a pitching go-to and I'll write about hitters and such, but I want to be a pitching go-to. And I really dialed in and, You know, I think the SP guy probably jumped up a level that next year in terms of that's when the 100,000 word pieces starting coming out, um, and everything. And I, and I zeroed in. And again, it doesn't mean you can't succeed as a general person, but if you really want to stand out. I think there's, it, it's easier to stand out with a niche and something that, that you really care about. Um, you know, look at like the bloom boards that, that Ryan Bloomberg does, uh, bloom, yeah, Ryan Bloomfield, field. excuse me, does. And those are amazing. And that's something that he's kind of like known for now. Um, Alex Chamberlain with his, with his leaderboard and his stats and it, all that advanced pitching stuff. There's, that's kind of a good way to get a foothold in is to have a specialization. And yep. so that was from Rick Wilton huge information that was pivotal for me because I dumped football. I dumped football completely.
1: Smart man. Love that.
2: (laughs) Not financially, Nick. Not financially. (laughs) Um I, I dumped football. And then really started to take on pitching focus. And then anytime I was in on something that said, Hey, what do you want to do? I would say pitching, you know, if it was like, Hey, we're going to do a magazine. Is there something you want? Pitching always at the right. top. I'll do something like a pitching article. I'll do my 10 favorites. I'll break down somebody this, that. Always wanted to do pitching stuff. Um, and even today, you know, I still, Want to focus on that? Like we'll do our fangraphs, um, uh, lists this year that we do on the front page every year. And I always mm-hmm. get either teams one through 15 or fi- 16 through 30 for pitching. They're not going to put me on catchers. Um, because, well, actually one year I did do catchers, but I did I'm pitching as well. Yeah. It was tough. And I took yeah. one for the team and you know, <laughs> they, they appreciated it. I appreciated that they acknowledged how difficult writing about sure, catchers yeah. was. But anyway, yeah. So that was the specialization was the big advice from Rick. And uh, I, I thank him for it every time I see. He goes to Arizona Fall League a lot, and I'm always like, that call, Rick, our call, man. Appreciate you.
1: The kind of insight and the foresight that he had, I mean, we've seen in the past decade, that's really how the whole world works, not just in, yeah. in this. It's it's all about hyper-specialization. <laughs> it really especially is. Especially as the people that want to be involved with, um, I guess, being an online presence in a brand yeah. The more people are involved with it. Yeah, you have to have that thing that is you. And people say, oh, for that, you want to go to this person. Exactly. Eventually, then you can talk about other things. Like, I don't have to only talk about starting pitching. Same with you, right? But that comes later. You can spread out once you have you know, your your hill, your your yeah. or your little hurdle that you've created along this flat uh, track. So I, I can't agree with that more. I think Rick is incredibly smart to recognize that as early as he did because i mean now it's just like everyone has to be well no you need to be good at this 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 and this you know specialized mm-hmm. and not just oh i'm a psych major oh okay great
2: yeah um, what, what what, what specifically <laughs> yeah, yeah you got you got to zero in i mean it like you're right though uh, uh, specialization and and narrow focus is prevalent across the entire landscape right now um with there's there's something for everything you know and right. so i love that we're known as as pitching guys and it's something i strive to get better at all the time too i well you know when i started i could i could really only analyze a stat page now i have a little understanding more understanding of actually analyzing mechanics not to the degree you did you pitched in college but i'm getting better um i still couldn't tell you what's wrong with a pitching uh, with with a batting swing to save my life there's (laughs) literally no chance
1: i'll say this if anyone saw my mechanics in college, they'd be like, he's talking about mechanics.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, this just means it's horrible. you had bad <laughs> ones, so you know what's what I, not. I guess do. that's fair. I mean, Doug Thorbin,
1: amazing. I mean, you had yes. a fantastic partner there to help that's you a out huge with mentor. that. He is, he's huge. so fantastic and I learned,
2: mechanics stuff. That's where I learned everything I know currently mm-hmm. about mechanics was from him. And I've built on that foundation of actually understanding stuff, looking for different things before I again. You know, everyone can see like the outliers on goofiness, um, you know, Josh over the top or like right. Tommy Bautista's open pit batting stance or whatever, but it's about when the guys are like more or less the same and finding the, the, the nuance there. Right. You know, they have a traditional windup, but then you can find that at toe tap, something's mm-hmm. going wrong. Their hips aren't where they need to be and all that sort of stuff. And that's the stuff that I still want to get. Sure, to the elite level on, but I'm I'm in the ballpark at least. I used to yeah. be on the outside.
1: It's really funny you mentioned those two examples. So like Tony Batista, it looks really weird, but then if you look at them right before the pitch is released, it's, it's normal, the same as everybody. Exactly. It's only a way for him to get back to that. And then Josh Kalmenter, I I learned this actually from my from my college coach was saying that different arm angles. Everybody's actually kind of the same. It's just about how you tilt your head and your shoulders to get to that. So mentor then just takes a normal thing and then just tilts it way far to the yeah. left. But if you notice it like that, it's like, oh, okay, I understand like mechanically how that works. I don't know if that's ideal. No, you know, that, like yeah, he like, kind of. It's like you take your normal thing and then all of a sudden shove it right against your head or something like that. Which, <laughs> yeah. which I've certainly had the impression at times, like, oh man, that's that's so
2: awkward. Oh wait, no, he's actually just twisting everything to adjust for that. That was um, wild how he did it though. That over the top uh, like axe crazy. throw. Yeah. It, it if he had any velo, I wonder if that could have worked better. I mean, he yeah. had some success.
1: You could argue maybe that's kind of why he didn't have as much velo. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Because hard to make the full trebuchet whip with your arm.
2: Absolutely. Right. I that. mean, but he still put up a 364 ERA in Way 695 innings with a 120. Way to be, whip. Way
1: to be Josh. That's We're like a proud pretty of you, good. man. That's like We're proud of you.
2: How many f- over, e- over four ERA seasons do you think he had?
1: Uh, I'm going to say three. None. Look at him.
2: Wow. Well, okay. One, wait. His last season, he had 17 innings with a 9 ERA. But like before that, I, I think that just ruins his entire career. We loved him before. And before that, you ruined it. You should have quit. <laughs> <laughs> you know when to quit next time. All right, oh sorry. man. All right. Moving
1: let's uh, let's to finish to put a pin on baseball. I want to talk more about. Um, uh, well, I, I think something we don't really talk about enough in this industry is it's more than just writing yes uh it, it's sure you're having your analysis and you're and you're putting yourself out there but your story is freelance writer then came into fangraphs and then you were put into the position of being a manager mm-hmm. and what was that shift like for you it was eno who uh then joined to the athletic or actually maybe it was even before he did more Fangraphs stuff and then you took over
2: rotographs is that right correct and then he went to the, the front page the- and then he went to the athletic but so right. he was there for a while when i first started it um that's that that's a whole new thing right like you don't if you do envision yourself in this in this uh, industry, you certainly don't think that you'll necessarily get to a management position. Right. Like, I wasn't thinking that. I'm like, I just want to be a cog, and I want to be an important cog, but like, I'm just – trying to write in podcast. You're a good
1: looking cog. All right. Thank you. you know?
2: Appreciate that. Nice. So and uh, No oil jam? needed.
1: You got this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm ready to go. Um, you know, I just wanted to do my thing, but obviously I didn't want to pass up the opportunity to run Rotographs. I thought that was an amazing opportunity. And so, you know, helping get people wrangled, being there for them. Everyone has different needs, but that's something that uh, you kind of, that that's more learning on the fly for sure. Now I did have management experience at Dell as well. So it certainly wasn't new to running a team. Right. A virtual team is a, well, a lot more different uh, to run than it is a live team that you meet up with every single day though yeah. too. So, uh, you know, some of the skills transferred, but not all of them. And it's even still I'm learning and I'm trying to be, better at it i mean i i I try to take a lot from what you do i think you do an amazing job with pictureless like all right all right over no i'm serious man like it's it's incredible what you guys are able to do especially with the staff that you bring on every year the only Um, reason why it works i mean we have unreal it's an incredible staff and the depth of it is amazing and so you know that's still that's still a spot that i want to be better at but i've definitely gotten comfortable with that transition i enjoy it and um i like i like kind of being in charge of the of the club and you know it's not anything where i'm like way up here and everyone else is below no way especially like right. you know we're peers we're still peers like they just basically i'm a liaison for them to the big guy uh, david appleman and i try to help them any way i can but i don't ever want them to be like oh paul's above me no i'm sure. not
1: only I know, of course, yeah, I know this. Uh, in you're my boss only. there. Yeah, so and, uh, I, you know, I guess, I guess the the question I have is, what was the major change that you had to make to be a manager, and what would you say helped you the most of you know
2: coordinating inside this virtual uh, management position? Well, being there for everyone, uh, definitely something that you know, when I was myself and you know knew when to expect my articles and everything, I could just be on that time, and I don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. i i could literally be away from my desk for the entire like i could you know take a day off so to speak i can be somewhere else because i already turned in my article and it doesn't matter right. when you're the manager people might need you something might go wrong in the in the uh in the word processor something might go wrong where um they need a time off and their schedule because their kids are throwing up and somebody's yep. got to put an article up and nobody else put an article up well then i gotta write something because we got to have some content sure. you know and things like that and that's a, that's Okay. Like that comes with the job. And that's just something that, hey, I I have this flexibility of this job, but that doesn't mean I can just be nowhere. I have to be on my phone or at the computer able to help my folks be in the best position to put up good articles and do their thing. And now it's not they're not a very needy group. And I appreciate that, but I'm ready for them if they do need me.
1: Love it. Uh very quick questions just about your actual fantasy baseball life. I'm not okay. gonna talk about I uh, you know the the accolades all that kind of stuff which you have okay. I want to hear what is the longest tenured fantasy league you have? It could be one that you got out of, but as okay. when you look back at
2: you yeah, then it's the music. one that it's the one that my dad started at his work in 1989. Oh wow! And it only ended like three years ago. Two amazing. Two years ago, yeah, yeah. And my mom was in it, and she won three titles. Really? She won them on her own, so I don't want to <laughs> hear anybody <laughs> talking business. That's, I love that she so studied. Much um and you know uh my dad has a few titles too and i i I got a couple myself i think i think i ended with two my dad and mom both have three and they always held that over me very rude (laughs) but uh, yeah i was al only 10 teamer and you know we we grew up in you know in detroit so we're al only family and this is before interleague play too so it made sense the only leagues made more sense i mean they still make plenty of sense but uh, this is also pre-internet by the way but that was the longest tenured one like i said that ended about two years ago um, and then there was an nl auction that i was doing that i had to quit because of a conflict that i was in for i think 12 years wow and yeah. when did you start the one uh, with your parents they started in 89 and i got in in 93 yeah it'd be 12 when you were four uh no hold on 12 okay 12 right okay right yeah Like I was there at every draft and everything. And, you know, um, my dad knew that I was like really studying everything, but I still remember my first draft. And I think it was like the fourth or fifth round. I drafted Mike McFarlane because he was like a 20 home run catcher. And the, the, the the next snap that my dad had to look over at me (laughs) and the glare he gave me like, boy, what did you just do? (laughs) And um, I'm going to look up the years because I think he ended up being good, and I had the last laugh on that. But my dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the previous year, he'd had 17 homers at catcher. And he only had 234, which is pretty bad. But I was oh, like, yeah. hey, Batman man, 17 too. homers, I need a catcher. And this is like it, – it, it's it's in the first six or seven rounds. I right. Four is what is in my brain, but I'm not 100% certain. But he hit 20 homers, and that was a career high. So suck it, dad, okay? Maybe I'm a better <laughs> player analyst than you are, rest in peace. I love you. <laughs> But uh, no, for real, like the the glare he gave me, like, did you just take Mike McFarland? It was a one catcher league, by the way, too. There was no real premium on catcher, even as a 10 team only, like just get whomever if you're not getting the top, top dog. And uh, but Mike McFarland was very good that year. So I feel justified and vindicated. I didn't win the league. (laughs) Took me a while. I mean, though, it was your I first year. Yeah, right, it took me a 12. while. This is there. It, it took me a while. I think <laughs> I first won it when I was 18. So I think it was my sixth or seventh year. Oh, that's, that must have been such a great feel. It was great. And I, um, my dad finished third. He was in it. He was chasing me. He kept saying, objects in the rearview mirror are closer than they appear. Like he's, he's just on me all September. And I'm like, I think I got it. And then, uh, and then, um, I tied with my best friend. And that was on the very last day. Tied. So, like, this is a roto league
1: with points and everything. And, and, and we were both at like
2: 62 and a half, like a wow. literal tie, which wow. was a nightmare. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so, share it. So, had, so my first honest. title was a share. So, my oh, dad held no. that over me. <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, I mean, you can't even win it by yourself. You need your best friend's <laughs> help. That's fine. No problem. Maybe you will just get one the next. But then I won the next year after that by myself. So, Love that was it. good. Well, what was your team name? Um, the Bat Boys, because I was the young one.
1: Oh, okay, I like yeah. that.
2: Yeah, I like that. Easy peasy.
1: I I've generally gone with Pollock and Pollock LLC. I like it. Came up well, with that like four years ago, I was like, that's that's
2: going to be what it is. And then one year we went to almost a uh, almost the entire league was like Seinfeld themed, mm. and so um, I was Creamerica Industries for that. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, but um, the Bad Boys was primarily primarily what I was being the being the young buck in the in the league. But that was that was great, man. I love that league. And it was so fun to get together for the draft. Even the years I wasn't in it, Oh, yeah. Um, I still remember one year my mom found Sammy Sosa in the back of my sticker book and drafted him. And it was keeper league, and she got some pretty good. Years. Obviously, he he was really good with uh, the Cubs. Wait, wait, so, so she saw that you liked him. No, no, and she your sticker was, book. No, she saw that at the back end there was a prospects page, and so she was like looking on those. She's like, let me see that book that you got, that sticker I book saw that Sam you're collecting. Sosa. And also another guy she saw in there was Phil Plantier. You remember that name at all? Um, and he had 34 homers for the Padres. So she was too early on both of them, to be honest. Um, I think the year she drafted Plantier was '91, when he did when he did do pretty well in 53 games. But the they both broke out in the National League, Plantier and Sosa. So my mom should have gotten in dynasty leagues with mm. AL and NL. She was too good for. For she was better than her. She even knew out here winning titles left and right. Frank Thomas <laughs> was her core player, by the way. That's why okay. I rooted for my mom's team before I got in the league. And suck at Dad. I don't know. <laughs> 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 um, maybe that's I why he that. gave me such such business uh, when when we were competing. But do no. You, uh, do you know the the worst trade you ever made? Oh, I don't. Um, I know the best one, which was that. It's in that league. I traded A Rod for uh, Derek Jeter and a guy who's now an absolute scumbag in John Wetland. But at the time, we didn't know he was complete trash. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't competing. This guy needed saves, and I was like, I can give you a premium closer, and I'll give you an, a, a great shortstop. But you got to give me the best shortstop. And I kept A Rod throughout. Like th- this was early. Yeah. This was okay. A Rod was already great. Like I didn't I didn't get in on A Rod like at the very ground floor. But this was pretty early, and I had him throughout.
1: I mean if it's like 98 or something like that that's okay. what I'm saying like it, it, yeah, it, that, it's, that's for what a decade and a half or something yeah
2: and I, I just I kept him every single year it had to have been it, it was it would have been around 97 98 so again that wow. he got some good out of arod but I got in and I got just amazing numbers every year. So, so I was
1: in a I was in a ten team. This is like the hometown one. I, for a long time, we had this. It ended up think like two years ago. We had our computer uh, science teacher from high school in this league with us. That's awesome. We used to like make the you know our drafts during like the twenty minute break we had. Yeah, I don't know how that worked. We drafted <laughs> fantasy teams in two thousand three on Yahoo same. during twenty minute break. Um, but we had this keeper league uh, at, for like fifteen years or so. I th- I remember winning in 2012 when I was tr- I tried to trade away Mike Trout, I <sighs> uh, and like after like his first hot month for like Aramis Ramirez, and the person said no, and I, I cannot be more happy about that. Oh
2: <laughs> my gosh! <laughs> I
1: was like, all right, I, I, look, I had I had just gone through my Fangraphs Renaissance a year ago, but mm-hmm. still didn't really know about Trout. Yeah, and it was doing great. I was like, oh okay. I, I picked him up. He's had like a couple of good weeks or something. Sure. I, I know this. Aramis Ramirez. I need a third base. Aramis
2: Ramirez is a beast. Dude, Back
1: then, so. he was good. Yo,
2: Aramis Ramirez is really good, really but, good player. But
1: yeah, he was like, nah, man, Aramis is dope. I'm not going to okay. You like, keep right, Aramis. Man.
2: I'll keep this Fine. fish boy. Oh, That's amazing. That's amazing. Oof, Sometimes best place. trades are the ones you don't make. That cliche right. is real for a reason. Oh, my God.
1: All right. So I want to, I want to switch over to Twitch here. Because that's a big part of your life. It's not it just it's not just fantasy baseball stuff. You've transitioned this really well into a fantastic following on Twitch. I believe you have twenty five thousand followers right yeah, now on Twitch.
2: Twenty five k a couple weeks ago. Yeah.
1: Oh, fantastic! Uh, you're a partner uh, yes. as well, which is it's hard to get a, a partner status on Twitch. You've achieved that.
2: Uh, what was your first stream like? Oh boy. Probably pretty bad. Um, <laughs> actually, not even that bad. I imagine it was just very quiet, uh, mm-hmm. both in the chat and from me. So I, I ashamed is not the right word because I was not ashamed of doing it. But I kind of kept it a little bit under wraps when I first started dabbling sure. in doing it. It was late night. And sometimes I didn't even tweet out that I was doing it. And so at that point, I streamed through my PS4, which you can do. You can just through all the systems, you can sign into Twitch there and just stream through that. And and it it's pretty easy setup and I built my entire community off it. By the way, everyone thinks they need some giant huge rig. We got partnered through as a PS4 stream, which is a big deal for those that that know um, how things work in there. Because everyone's like, oh, I'm saving up. I'm gonna get this fifteen hundred dollar computer that I'm gonna start streaming. It's like, whoa, buddy. Yeah, you don't 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 know. If yeah. you don't know that you can build an audience, do not spend fifteen hundred dollars for crying out loud. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I assume the first one was probably pretty quiet. Maybe had a straggler or two come in. I was at a major disadvantage when you stream through the PS4; it loads in your game title with the uh, with, with the trademarks for the game, so it's like okay. MLB R with the little circle over it oh, or whatever. But then Twitch the show, that. PM. And then you're not in the directory oh, no. unless you remove those. So I didn't even know this. Wow. And until, I don't know, a couple of weeks in that people say, Hey, you got to change your game title on twitch.tv, like on your own website there to take out those trademarks. And then you can at least show in the directory. Now I did have a little bit of advantage that I had a Twitter following. So once I started to share it, right. you know, I could get a few viewers, but I didn't leverage that Twitter following the way a lot of people think that it would just be like automatic. Okay. You were big. Cause not all my Twitter followers give a single flip about Twitch. (laughs) Most of them are probably like
1: just for me. Oh, I I got you so much more.
2: They're like, uh, you know, I don't want to watch some, some dork play video games. I still get the whole, like people watch you play video games. Like, and I, I get it until you try it. You're probably like, what, well, what well, I mean, it? I
1: think the stigma of Twitch is, is very much on the way out. Oh, for it's sure. Not for sure. You, and,
2: you definitely get called a boomer now if you if you say yeah, if like, you know, yeah. hey, you you, you watch people, people watch you play video games. Yeah, boomer. They do. OK, yeah, it's
1: it's, a, it's more lucrative than sports in many ways. Though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really crazy.
2: It's insane. And so right. um, the, but the way I really broke in was ingratiating myself in that community. Being in content channels and just engaging, in with no ulterior motive, it wasn't like come watch my stream. I was enjoying watching, cutting up with these folks, making jokes, having a good time. And like, "Oh, this guy's pretty cool." And then they'd see, "Oh, hey, you were streaming." Then I then you get like a, a host from somebody, so they're gonna they're gonna sign offline and they're gonna send all their viewers to you, mm-hmm. and they might recognize you from that chat. And so I, I built organically. I really did. Nice. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It, it was absolutely a lot of fun. Uh, it still is. I love it. But uh, some of those PS4 streams that I did, th- those were amazing. They used to do MLB The Show updates overnight, like the new mm-hmm. content, like the updated cards would come out, and so we would stay up until that was done. It was like, uh, it was usually like three Eastern, two Central, because that oh, that's midnight Pacific. Right, right. And so that's when that would go live and we would wait for, and sometimes it'd be late. Sometimes it'd be like five in the morning and like updates out. And we'd have this whole stream. and I'd be in the middle of a game. I quit. We got to go see the update. I don't right, care right, if I'm right. winning. I'm quitting <laughs> right away. Cause we don't want them to spoil it. Like who got updated. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, yeah. We had some really great times, my community. I love my community. It's so much fun and building it the way we have, you know, my, uh, my longest subscribers now, I think are coming up on like four years. Oh, man, um, with that's their, crazy. With their sub So, so you've been phone. around
1: for four or five years then?
2: Yeah, I've been since 15.
1: That's amazing. Uh, and, so, so, right, and like that's uh, that's something I think we lose sight of a lot. Like You've been working at this stuff for a long time. Yes. You know, su- success like yours doesn't just show up. It's constant. You have to continuously grind away uh, to get to that spot um and i mean even i look at your twitter i mean you have over thirty thousand followers on twitter which is amazing
2: you're also verified which is insane i got lucky dude i got when did you get verified in before the crackdown just i i got like
1: right before it
2: like uh, probably a few months before it but yeah like i got in before they really started to peel back um Mm -hmm. and you know I was able to show, and, and, you know, the, there was credibility in the the sites I was working for, Rotowire and Fangraphs and everything. Sure. I think that certainly helped, but obviously I should not be verified, um, you know, especially you over some the, <laughs> I rank pretty low on the, the, the importance scale. I've, of, I've seen, I've seen many people, fewer followers that don't well, yeah, use it there's, and there's there's some, stuff. I'm
1: like, yeah, you're, you're, you're I'll just you say there's be
2: identified inside the industry that you are. There's some greatly, uh, there's some large misses on unverified youtubers I think youtubers and mm. twitch streamers since the cutdown um these are people with like hundreds of thousands of followers maybe right. even a million so like that's when i say like okay they should have my check i i feel honored to have it and people put way too much stock into it you could tell when somebody's like threatened by it they bring it up instantly i don't care i don't think I'm important I really, I really, really don't threatened by your check. Oh, you've never seen people that are threatened by the blue check. Oh, no. oh my gosh, there's people out there that are so upset about it. Doesn't that, because the second that you get into an argument with them, they're like okay, blue check is like what I didn't, I never oh, have no. suggested I'm an authority on anything because of it. It's cool to have, and it certainly helps. Like if I tweet somebody that also has it, say they're super famous and they only do like mm-hmm. verified only, well they'll see my tweet. Yeah, so I might right. have like a more famous person actually engage with me. I don't matter though. I do not matter uh, in the grand scheme. And I'm not saying trying to be self-deprecating. I know my place. I love my place in the fantasy baseball community. There are hundreds of people who probably deserve the check more than I do. But I'm glad I got it.
1: Well, it's I think it's pretty funny that you have the check and it's Squints. Yes, uh, it's not like they're verified. Yes, this is the person of Squints. It's not of Squints. No, <laughs> it's a Paul Spore. Uh, how long have you had that Squints
2: uh, avatar on on Twitch forever? Yeah. Forever. Forever. Yeah, because it started with are you the guy from Sandlot? Are you the guy from Sandlot? Are you the guy right, from right, Sandlot? Like, yes, yes, I am. Have you ever considered but, making it you? Um, no, I, I could be because I think I think because my face is already going to be on the screen once you come in there that you're right. going to see that it's me um, that I've never really considered it. I don't think about my avatar on Twitter I, or Twitch. I think because the Twitter one's great by the way thank you lovely photo of you i think i think i don't think about the twitch one though because i don't really see the avatars of other people i interact with so mm-hmm. i don't feel like i'm putting out something that's you know that makes I, sense. yeah you know I like you, you click on their page you see the little avatar there but then i'm gonna go in and i'm gonna see them like right. maybe i should have it and if you're recommending it i'm, I'm taking that under I don't advisement I, don't,
1: I, I think it's just something that people consider a lot uh, yeah I mean here I am. I you know, two you weeks. You just ago, made a big change. I, I just yeah, I changed uh, the the Twitter account from uh Pitchless to Nick Pollock, but it's still at Pitchless, but it's me now. Yeah. Uh I, I've given a lot of thought to it. My my journal feeling is I mean nothing is changing with the actual interactions on Twitter or anything. It's just there's been confusion. about like yeah. is this an individual or a company or is it a company exactly. with an individual? And this no, it's an individual. That I it would just happen to run Pictureless, but hey, you're talking to me. Yes. And there's a lot to be said about that. So I do think it was the that right play, change. But I think Squints isn't like a brand, it's not like the company or something. Yeah.
2: like, And I'm uh, not trying to parlay off anyone thinking I'm truly him. It's always a gag. And in fact, exclamation Squints in my chat pulls up a command where I took a picture with him. We met him uh, oh, yeah, not last right, summer. Saw, the summer oh, that before. was that so great. I remember yeah, they that. did a. Sandlot Roadshow and Jen and I were like, We are you kidding, oh, you we're going to. to this, we Absolutely. are going. And, um, you know, meeting him, Chauncey, uh, such a nice guy, so mm-hmm. cool. And, um, he's like, Whoa, you're super tall, you kind of look like <laughs> I did. And I was like, Yeah, dude, everyone kind of says that. Yeah. And I was like, I yeah, look yeah. more like Squints now than he does. He's like this <laughs> chill dude, uh, who, who, you know, looks like an adult, and I look like the kid version from, from the Sandlot. Oh my god. But, um, uh, yeah. That, like, yeah, just to walk. give you
1: credit, by the way, you're the one. I mean, I talked about like that change on Twitter. You were the one, like, yeah, Nick, like, do that, make that change. So I'm, I'm I wa- glad I want that to be understood. That I,
2: I think it was a great oh, move, I, re- yeah. I really do. And, um, again, that confusion no one has that confusion now that they are interacting with Nick. You're getting Nick all the time. You always were, but now you know you yeah, are. Now
1: you know, hey, what's up, guys? Come, come hang out, come, come DM me. They've it's been be doing so far, so far, all the DMs. They've just been nice and
2: wonderful. That's it's awesome.
1: So far, so good. Can't wait until I have a bad streaming pick. Then we'll see what happens. <laughs>
2: yes. But a please, please then don't make we, me regret it. Then they'll uh, come in with the heat. Now yeah. that I can find you, Nick, See, I wasn't going <laughs> to, I wasn't going to message at picture list, but now that I know it's you, how dare you pick him? How um, dare.
1: To, to put a pin on, on Twitch, I am really curious. Do you, do you have like a certain moment during the entirety of Twitch? I mean, really it's two things. One, what was your Matthew Barry moment, I think with it? And on the other side of it, what was like a time streaming that was just, that was the best stream that you had?
2: It would definitely be one of those overnight ones. And I don't know that I can pinpoint a single one, but we had so many good, like my night owl following is huge. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and to have, you know, 80 to 110 people ranging overnight at three in the morning, and we're all waiting for this update. And, you know, right. people are saying the update's live and then it's not. And we like time them out. You know, you can't chat for 10 minutes cause you lied about the update and we're just waiting for it, waiting for it. And people still bring those up. Remember those overnight streams. Those are probably the ones that, that, are going to be the memory, and then there's a, a city. Uh, there's a field in the in the game called Center City, and and it's in the ghetto. And there's no other way to say it. It is okay. in a rundown neighborhood, and sure. it's kind of interesting that they put a stadium in a rundown neighborhood. And I memed on that for like a whole night one night. Mm -hmm. and that was another stream that is super memorable i wish i had saved that one because we were all cutting up making these jokes like these they're they're like blown out buildings there's like eight trash piles it's literally in this rundown part and so we made all this joke about i mean they were a little bit off color in terms of like Saying like drug use things and everything like that, but it was it, it, all in good fun of like m- memeing on this. It this, was an uh, inside joke. It was you guys bonding yeah. as a community. yeah, we were and we yeah. were creating this whole environment now, and I pl- right. I still play at that park all the time, and and we make jokes about that. So that was another super super fun one. And then as far right. as like the Matthew Barry moment, it'd probably be meeting Blake, meeting Blake Snell, and becoming friends mm-hmm. with him. Oh yeah, just just via via Twitch right. and finding out that he's just a really nice guy who likes to play video games and wanted to meet people in the MLB community. And I happen to be one of them. And then uh, he and, and a bunch of other viewers were part of like a, a, a huge um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, what do they call it? I can't remember. Oh, hype train when they're giving subs and, and donations and everything to build you up. And we got to a level five, which is the highest you can get. And, everyone's gifting subs left and right giving donate like that was insane it blew me away i was near tears i was very close because the generosity was just over the top and uh yeah that was insane that happened just last year and i was i was completely floored by that but yeah meeting people like blake and other players in the game trevor may and and their awesomeness and kindness and just finding out that they are normal dudes right a lot of players are just regular Cool guys, mm-hmm. and uh, that's been awesome. And that that's what Twitch allows. Like you go into somebody's stream who's like a big like Bryce Harper streams. He doesn't get a ton of viewers, so you can get like an actual interaction with him. Right, right. he's getting like three hundred viewers, which is a good number, by the way. That's more than I get. I'm not I'm not clowning but it's not
1: him. Not like the thousands. But it's that not you see from exactly. It's here.
2: not from like. You don't automatically just because you're an athlete become the top Twitch guy. You still right. have to build up like n- the guy ninja that everyone probably knows about. Like he's got, he can't interact with anybody. His chat goes way too fast, yep. but you want to go talk to Trevor May about joining the Mets and he's open to talking about it. He's there. He knows, he's going to read your chat. Yeah. And that's like so freaking cool. And Blake, when he got traded, he's there to read your chats and talk with you guys. And everyone knows, you know, that he got in a little bit of heat doing twitch but that was the realness and honesty of it he wasn't saying anything about xavier edwards specifically he was mad because he lost his boy tommy fam who he's now back with so congrats to him but anyway um i love twitch i'm obsessed with it i think it's an amazing platform and what it's become it's start when i was doing when i first started doing it it was just video games there was very little else and um it's really expanded there's talk shows on there now there's um podcasts there's art uh, of all sorts music yep. painting drawing um, you know people crafting there's everything you can find everything on there and you can find a community that you want to be part of and you know everyone says like oh you're gonna watch them play video games we watch a bunch of dudes run around in pads yeah, or, right? or carry difference? sticks around yeah, like what is, the, what is it's the actual stupid. difference right, right? It, it's all about entertainment and in this entertainment you get to actually interact with the person quite a bit more than yes. you could in any other thing and if you're if you value that then twitch is definitely something yeah, i got people on my stream who don't have a playstation they don't play right. MLB be the show they're there to talk baseball and cut up right and that's awesome i love that
1: yeah it's just about the people you know it's not necessarily yep. about the actual thing like I, I talk about going to baseball games it's not necessarily about the game in front of you it's about of being at the stadium with the people around you and you're happy to have this other thing going on too uh, yep. along the way uh but yeah i i mean i'm one of those that's going to be doing twitch too i'm doing it. i can't like, wait times
2: a week i can't wait that's going to be so uh, good
1: and it's not going to be video games it's just going to be yeah me doing this uh the first pitch podcast and uh other things like doing the list and reviewing pitcher starts that you guys want me to do so i i mean yeah let's do it let's uh, <laughs> i can't wait let's have fun on twitch i think it's a really really great platform for doing all these uh, great things okay we're gonna move on to the final section here. Okay. I I'm gonna eventually have a better name for this, but right now it's just a lightning round. I wanna. All right. I wanna hear quick quick answers about
2: quick answers from better me. Better okay, things be tough. to
1: understand. I know. I know. Okay. I'm saying that on purpose.
2: I'm ready. I'm lightning ready. I'm round focused.
1: is quick. Okay. Here we I'm go. Focused. Favorite show as a kid.
2: Favorite show as a kid was Dukes of Hazard.
1: Dukes of Hazard. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, what was uh What's the best video game of all time?
2: MVP 2005.
1: Nice, nice. Not baseball related,
2: um, not sports. Toe Jam and Earl from Sega Genesis that's or Goldeneye.
1: Love that one. Uh, what was your college major?
2: Um, well, in, in history and government is what it ended up being. Okay. Did you like it? It was fine. I became a better student in the last two years. If I'd have had that energy throughout, it would have been a much better experience.
1: Right. Of course. I think that I had to learn how to be us. a
2: student. I really do. Yeah. I, I coasted in high school. Like I didn't yep. do anything, and I still got all B's and A's very easily. And I'm not saying that to say I'm super smart. I'm saying because high school was not challenging. Right. And it was a kick in the teeth to go to college and have to not only do more work, but also be a self-starter about it. There was nobody prodding They don't care what you do. you know. They're teach. I'm not saying none of the professors care, but they can't baby you. Especially yeah, in the not, survey I mean, course with, with 150 I mean, that's people. That's also a large uh, exactly. population. It's not the 16-people like, classroom always. So so. Those first couple of years are a lot of survey classes, so they right. can't baby everybody. And you got to have initiative. And I had to learn how to be a student that's when my first couple of years were garbage. It, I had to take some time off to earn some money. I finished out strong though.
1: Love it. Uh, favorite album?
2: Um, Outcast. Stankonia.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, okay. Uh, what would you say is the
2: best movie? The best movie yeah. or my favorite? That's two different questions. Okay, I want both then. I mean, my favorite is Rounders, mm. and you know Never it's a poker movie. Matt Damon Sorry. was my favorite actor at the time, still is Matt Damon, Ed Norton, two of my favorites. So they were in it. That's kind of what made me, I wasn't even that that huge into poker yet, but I was like, these two are doing it. I'm in. Right. And then it happened to be about poker. And this was right before the poker boom, loved it. And then the best movie, I mean, I don't know That's the best movie of all time. That's so subjective, but um, probably from a more technical standpoint, another favorite of mine is Kill Bill. And so I'd put that pretty high and that's pretty generic. I get that, but-
1: oh i don't i, don't oh, I cares. love it that's great i love yes. that
2: answer rounders Moneyball, and kill bill are my three favorites so love it. order um, them however you want favorite food pizza I'm yes. a child. Ah,
1: pizza any toppings
2: um pepperoni, uh, pepperoni slice is, is right? perfectly elite particularly from your neck in the woods A new york oh. pepperoni slice it makes my life
1: i wasn't gonna say anything about it's not you're not allowed to say that in austin no you're allowed to say, pizza is pizza's pizza
2: yeah and and forget that lasagna cake in chicago it's garbage
1: (laughs) thank you john stewart i who is your favorite non-baseball affiliated celebrity that you respect that you see them and go i respect that person
2: that's a good question i like that one non-baseball related i mean (laughs) squints would be baseball related You know, Matt, it might be Matt Damon. He's been my favorite actor. He's always great on stuff. And, you know, he's one of those mega stars that they they do live a different life. Sure. And, you know, I can't imagine what that's like. But not just because I like him in his stuff, but, you know, he does the water, the big water um, charity. And, you know, Mm -hmm. these guys are none of these superstars are infallible. But I always liked him and he goes on podcasts and he seems like a really fun guy and he does the bit with Kimmel. And so, you know, I'm sure he would he might be having his flaws, but I really like Matt Damon. I think he's badass.
1: All right. Do you believe in parallel universes? To a degree. How so?
2: I I just, there's, there's too much to think about to suggest that I have all the answers and I'm not, I, I no longer dismiss stuff the way I did as a uh, know-it-all young person. Okay. Now I'm a know-it-all older person who knows he doesn't know any of it. <laughs> there we go. It's a weird dichotomy, but um, I don't even know if I use that word right. But, uh, yeah. You know, I, 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 all that sort of stuff, you know, ghosts and what have you, uh, aliens, I'm not going to be s- suggesting that I'm good. I can disprove it. So
1: sure,
2: I'm open to hearing things. You're open. I don't all believe right. in like flat earth or anything like that though. Don't worry. I'm not stupid. Oh, yeah. Of
1: course not. No, You just scientifically, to, like, look like I, scientifically I'm not back in, stuff. Yeah. Scientifically
2: back stuff. I'm in, yeah. you okay. know, I don't need to be convinced on the, uh, roundness of the earth or anything like that. Just so people understand where I'm at here on the scope.
1: What is the story of getting Charlotte?
2: Oh, this is actually a pretty good one. Did you know this is a good one, or are you just asking? I don't know. I'm just asking. So it started as a devastating one. I lost my dog Curtis way too early at six. Oh man. Out of nowhere. Wow. One day his eyes are rolling in the back of his head when we're when we're taking him out. So I run him to the vet. It's done by the time we get there. They don't really see anything. Oh,
1: I'm so
2: sorry. His health deteriorates over the next week or so. I'm gone at softball one night. My ex-girlfriend calls and says, You got to get home. He needs you. And he dies that night. It was devastating, dude. Mm. Oh, my God. I'd never experienced loss like that. I had not lost any relatives to that point. And I would never experienced loss like that. That was pain that I don't want anybody to feel if you love pets. And I imagine, again, it's a billion times worse if you lose a child or, uh, um, you know, a spouse, et cetera, et cetera. But I had not experienced that yet. Right. And everyone's like, you know take your time, get another dog, this and that. And I was like, but I work from home. And I talked to Curtis all day. That's yeah. kind of my outlet. You know, I like to personify my dogs. I'm that type of person. And so, you know, I'm having these convos and everything. And it was lonely. And I'm just staring at the clock like, when is my, ex- my girlfriend getting home? I need somebody here. So we did not wait that long. But we were looking for dogs, couldn't really find one. Literally, random as heck. One night, I'm getting into bed, and I was a little too noisy, I accidentally woke her up. So we were on our phones for the next like 10 minutes or so and just scrolling, just kind of trying to fall back asleep. I found Charlotte. I was like, this is the dog. Look Mm -hmm. at this dog. She was standing on this little bed looking so twerpy and so adorable. I called the next or I emailed the next morning and they're like, there's this lady who's interested, but she's at a basketball tournament all day. I was like, I can be there. I can leave right now. If you can tell me I can have that dog and like, well, let me just talk to this lady a little bit once more they talked to this lady. She said, no, it's about three and a half hours away. I drive and I go to wow. Waco just outside of Waco and I go get her. It's from this lady. They're like Dachshund obsessed. Um, they had 50 billion Dachshund magnets on their, on their <laughs> uh, refrigerator. Everything was Dachshund. Right. So I was like, I feel like I'm, doing something, you know, I I didn't, I didn't adopt her, but I did get her from a place that, uh, clearly their dogs had had puppies and they were just moving them. It didn't seem like some puppy mill or anything like that. I felt pretty good about where I was. This little kid comes in. I, I know he was treating Charlotte like a little rag doll. I know that for sure because this was a little rambunctious little toddler with with these dogs, I'm sure. And uh, she was probably happy to get away from him. He probably doesn't know the sensitivity of it, but he comes in. And he's like, here's your dog. And I fell in love instantly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know much about dachshunds and, and their personality and how stubborn but loving they are. And I've been obsessed with her since the literal second I see, I saw Charlotte. So that was a little bit longer one, but that's the story. I love F- that. Found her I love randomly. That so
1: much. Uh I, I was meant I meant to ask that beforehand and I couldn't I could not hear that. I, I love it. Um one last lightning round. Um do you have a personal mantra?
2: I don't. I don't. Um, you know, I really do try to I I try to follow the golden rule, you know, treat others as you'd like to be treated. And I try to think about that sometimes, you know, uh, like, did I do that right? Um, Was I too rude? You know, you and I have had our, our tangles, our debates. I love to debate. I love to get in the mix and I can get, um, you know, for lack of a better word, probably mean is probably the right word Um, because I went with brothers and, and sisters I don't see it that way. Cause I'm like, I still love this person. So right, we can right. go toe to toe, but I'm like, that's pretty mean though. Cause I, I I'm also sensitive. So for me to go at somebody, but then be a sensitive Sammy about it, it's like, Hey, that's not doing to others what, what you would do. So sure. I try to, I try to be introspective and think about my actions and understand, you know, you did that wrong. And, 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 it's okay to be sorry for something and to apologize and, and don't have to be stubborn about everything. And I've just tried to get better at that my whole life. Cause you know, like I've referenced a few times know it all. I think, you know, I, I try to, I try to know things. I try to be smart, but I know I don't know it all and I'm wrong sometimes. And sometimes you just got to eat that, that pill and doesn't make you less of a person. It really doesn't. I think in some ways it makes you better to understand, Hey, I got that wrong on something big or small. If it's just a little small thing that you messed up, easy to admit. It's the bigger things though, that you have to be like. I got that wrong, you know. Whether it's in a relationship, friendship, workplace, it 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 helps to understand where you're at. To be oblivious and to, to really play the victim all the time or never be wrong. People like that, I just I really try to avoid being in that realm.
1: That that's a thing. I try
2: to accept answer. my part in in everything. When particularly things that go sour, I I need to understand where, what role did I play?
1: What role did I play? There's your mantra. Yeah. Uh, that's a great answer, Spore. Okay, so I think I'm going to do this. I think uh, to end every single one of these, uh, there's going to be one final question, okay? Uh, which I think is is really important, and it kind of ties into your mantra a bit. Um, what what do you think the future holds
2: for yourself, and what do you want it to be? That's a great question because I've been trying to think about that. You know, with with the game being put in peril with the COVID year. And now with the CBA, on I, I don't think baseball is going to go away, but these things take a lot more importance when your livelihood is t- yeah, t- tied to yes, it, right? They do. All of a sudden, you care quite a bit about a CBA, a collective bargaining agreement that's going to come between these owners and, and the union. Um, I still want to be in baseball, though. People say, you know, do you want to work for a team? I don't think that that's an avenue that I'm. Particularly, because I'm not—I'm not an analyst. I don't—I can't run like SQL. I think that's what right, a lot of people right. go do is they—they they do data an- analysis and whatnot. I don't know. If there's necessarily a role for me. I'm okay with that because I kind of like being writer, podcaster, uh, Twitch guy, and I like doing stuff like that. If anything, if I were really going to move beyond and, and push something further, it, it would probably be Twitch. Um, because again, I love writing what I do at Fangrafts, they take great care of me. I think expanding the Twitch while still doing that would be my best avenue there to be, you know, I did I did a tournament. Um, this hoodie I'm wearing says PS4 tournaments, I got to announce a tournament with Robert Flores this year. Is that right? And as the MLB the show e scene, esports scene blows up, as I hope and, and expect it to, especially with PS5 out, I would love to become like the go-to they call them shout casters because you got to be a little bit more louder and rambunctious you're not really talking right. about like uh it, it, the way you would in baseball and i was telling robert about this because he has you know real life experience with announcing i was like hey man um there's not gonna be enough time for us to talk about a certain player the pitches come so quick so we have to it, it's a different vibe yeah. but i'd love to be a go-to if robert and i were like the the chief the number one we were the uh the the buck and smolts of of sure. uh, e-games i would so love who was the smolts who was the smolts though I mean, I would be. I'm, I'm the color oh, guy. No, okay, but I, okay. But I would be. I, okay, I'd be smolt both on the I'd de- either on the desk uh-huh. or when he first got in the booth. Because I thought sure. he was excellent in both of those okay. roles. I think he has since taken a turn. By the way, we had him on the pod, uh, Eno and I, years ago. Right, smolt. and he was fantastic. And that's another Love thing. That's it. like it pains me to critique, but it's something that like. Just because you know you had a good experience with somebody and you, you consider them uh great in that moment, uh don't be above critiquing them, you know. Yeah. And y- you can make friends in some of these high places here. And I, I wouldn't consider him friends the way I do, like uh Blake or Trevor. But if those if those guys did something, you know, I'd be make sure you judge them the way you would if you didn't know them and things like oh, that. Right, right. But yeah, but, you know, uh, so
1: but yeah, the only reason I bring up Buck and Smaltz is uh to hear that you want to be smaltz. To- hey, I I just want to make sure everyone listening is like, uh oh. They might have a certain opinion of Smoltz. So, but I'm thinking of like Bonetti and Scott
2: Stone. There you go. That's even better. I was just saying because they're the main Yeah, group. yeah, right. That's yeah, not yeah. my but only I'm reference just... there. Not that we want to emulate <laughs> Buck and Smoltz. We would be RoFlo Absolutely. and Spore. We'd be doing our own thing. But there we would want go. to be the go-to group. And yeah. this tournament was a nice... Test for that. So that's something I like to see expand. Is the Twitch as far as my baseball expanding? I'm just trying to get better every year at writing and analysis and and you know um, discovering players for people to invest in. I try to give people the tools. I can't just give you all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I don't win right, every fantasy right. league I'm in. Um, so the players are important, but really the how and why I'm picking players, I think, is more important
1: yeah that uh, that's a great answer and uh you never know i mean as you're talking about like is there going to be a 2022 season you know who knows uh at least you know what a good choice to say hey this is a thing that i'm really good at and i have a following that i really enjoy i i cannot encourage you enough to to continue doing the twitch stuff because yeah i think that's a really great avenue for you
2: it was, it was a, a salvation during the pandemic too. Not just in terms of, you know, the financial boost certainly helped, but really just interacting with folks and, and right. having people to talk through a lot of what we were all going through. And we were all going through different things. People were losing their jobs. Some people were just working at home. Some people were teaching their kids while they're working from home, you know, all this yeah. sort of stuff. And we were all kind of talking through it together. And it was great to have a place for people to kind of come in and and, and unload a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Well... Spore, that's going to do it. I know we went a little bit long on this. I'm not going to make that every single time. Don't worry. That's just for the On the Corner, not this. Special we did go long. This is probably going to be one of the longer ones. But I mean, come on. It's, it's, are we it's surprised? Like, yeah, I was surprised it's gonna me. Happen. But really, Spore, thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, it means a lot to me that, I uh, yeah, you're the first one. It makes a ton of sense to me. You certainly brought me in. I mean, you talk about the Matthew Barry moment. Uh, you bring him on to sleeping on the bus. Hello. <laughs> uh, huge, huge moment <laughs> for me there. Uh, you deserved it, man. Him. Oh, you do okay. brilliant work. You just, really do. Just even like the, the Rotograph stuff, uh, it bring me in there. I remember actually the moment I was, <laughs> I I'll, I'll, I'll don't mind saying this. My, um, my brother-in-law, it was his, uh, uh bachelor party stag night. He's mm-hmm. Irish. And it was the morning <laughs> after, as I'm trying to be a good brother-in-law, I'm in the car going, uh, going to Cape Cod and I get your tweet. Like, to me, like, hey, man, I'm thinking about, like, would you like to join the the Rotographs team? And I'm so unbelievably hung home over over. (laughs) the most I've ever been in my life. And it's because I'm trying to, like, bond with all these Irishmen. Yeah. And I, I couldn't even, like, internalize what was going on when you sent that. Uh, but it was it was a huge moment for me. Um, I really just can't thank
2: you enough for all the of course
1: everything man. you you've helped out with, and yeah, you've been such a great friend uh, this
2: entire time. So I love being friends with you, man. You're great, and I, I, I honestly can't wait to see where everything goes. Pitcher 6.0 will be out by the time this comes out, I believe.
1: Oh yeah, uh, or yeah. very close to.
2: So uh, and so, like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really excited, man. You you are a rising superstar without a doubt.
1: All right, stop that. Uh, I'm going to cut off this podcast now. It's definitely, S'more, thank you so much uh, for joining today. And hey, guys, I hope you uh, enjoyed meeting one of my friends. Hopefully, they become one of your friends too.